How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast covering the Sun Conference. Thank you all, you wonderful, beautiful people, for tuning in and helping this podcast continue to grow. In fact, we are in the top 30% of podcasts in the nation. No big deal, but that cannot be done without y'all. So really, really appreciate, really do love all of y'all. And it is awesome, this community we have built. And so we have something pretty special for y'all today. Real quick, for my basketball people, bear with me. Tomorrow, I'm dropping another episode with another interview and a full breakdown of the semifinals for the men's and women's. However, I had to wait a little bit for that. I had to wait for, this, for the interview for it. So just bear with me. Friday morning, the morning of the semifinals, that episode is dropping. Trust me. However, for, for, for my basketball people and for everybody else tuning in, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes I think I've done on Sudcast. With these two interviews, two, two young student athletes, Francesco Barbary first, Ave Maria Baseball, and then Mr. Track and Field in the Sun Conference himself, MVP of the 2023 Indoor Championships, Joseph Taylor. Two great, two awesome interviews. Uh, we have a little bit, a slight audio problems a couple times with Joseph Taylor, but nothing, nothing crazy. Not, we've definitely had more audio problems before with interviews. But yeah, look, I'm not even not even going to keep this keep this intro intro going because y'all y'all got to hear these interviews. Two great ones. Joseph Taylor's going going to be after it after the first one. So here is myself and Ave Maria baseball player Francesco Barbary. All right, welcome on a very special guest. It's a guy that has really become my guy down in Naples, Florida. Ave Maria Francesco Barbary, my man. How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, I'm better than I deserve, brother. I tell you, I, we, we just talked about it. I'm like, dude, let's just have a fun interview. You are a high energy guy. You bring the energy in the dugout. I've seen it on social media. You, you're awesome. You, you, you hit home runs. You pimp home runs. You're great. Can you just tell me a little bit about like being an energy guy? What does it take to be the energy guy in a dugout? I mean, the first thing to being an energy guy is – being a good teammate, right? Like you want to be somebody that people want to be around and um, if people have any problems, whatever, they'll come to me. Uh, they know that I'm somebody that'll keep it real with them. I'm not going to, you know, feed them lies or whatever. So that's the first thing they trust me. And then the rest of it is just having fun. When you're good, you can have fun and winning's fun. Hey, y'all aren't, y'all aren't half bad. You know, you're one of those teams. Ave is like, and we talked about this the other night, in 70 to 70, 70 to 80% of the conferences in the NAI, y'all are the best team. Yeah. But you there, y'all have to play St. Thomas three or four times a year, Southeastern three or four times a year, Weber three or four times a year. But still, there's no doubt y'all are the up and coming team right now. I feel like Weber was that up and coming team for the last couple of years. I feel like Weber has arrived. I feel like y'all are next up. Tell me, tell me a little bit about this team because it's it's a new age baseball team by the analytics. I'll let you talk more on that, but tell me a little bit about Ave Maria and tell me if I am right on saying y'all are one of those teams to watch, keep an eye on one of those nine top 25 teams that could absolutely make some noise come postseason play. Yeah, no, I, I think you're definitely right. We're one of those teams that's on the cusp and like, we're going to make a lot of noise and we're, we're starting to make a lot of noise. And I think the biggest thing to understand is how it all started historically for the last 10 years or so, Ave Maria has been in, the basement for the most part in the, in the sun conference. And then uh, Mike McCormick and, and Nick McCormick took over 
Um, and they they wiped the whole team pretty much and brought in a bunch of Juco guys. And last year was the first year they did it. And it was the most successful season in 10 years for Ave Maria. Um, built on that, we just missed the conference tournament by literally it came down to the last game and uh, we messed that one up. So, we, um, but yeah, so they brought in, they, they restocked on guys. We got some great arms. We're way deeper in the pen this year. Our bats are great. Um, and, and yeah, everything great so far so i'm excited for the season we started off hot we're nine and four right now um and and we have a lot of winning left to do you take out that no hitter against weber it's a, it's been a re really good season i ain't gonna lie yeah. i i had some fun I, I had some fun up in the booth that night we won't talk too much we won't talk too much about that game because it has been a great start for y'all and y'all are a team that I, when I've asked about, because, you know, for me, I'm a new, newer Sun Conference guy last year, first year of SunCast, and this year, year two. And I was asking about Ave Maria. And it was like in years past, they were – kick the baby around a little bit. They were a, a team that in this tough, tough conference with historically good teams like Southeastern Kaiser, St. Thomas, and now Weber, it was a nice little weekend. That's no longer the case. And Coach McCormick, uh, they have changed that. What is it about about him and his coaching staff? Like you said, they, they cleared house. This is a completely different Ave Maria team. So that's obviously one thing. They weren't afraid to come in and say, hey, immediately, this is my team. We're going to change it. And they've done that with guys like you, Jose Gonzalez, Tanner Kelly, and so on and so on. But what is it about them? Like what makes this staff that good, you know, for, for the, the simple simplicity reasons in the question. Right. Like, so obviously it's one thing to recruit good players, but it's another thing to have a system in place to make sure that those players are successful. So here at Ave Maria, they're really focused on helping the individual become the best player that they can be. And the byproduct of that is going to be having a good team because when you have guys that can follow plans and, and you address each player's, issues and deficiencies individually you're gonna be able to help that player's development skyrocket and um i think it's it's proven a lot uh myself i'm one of those guys you know came in here i was a little bit i was a little bit raw in terms of my tools and whatnot and we've been able to hone those together and um there's multiple guys like that cameron horner matthew bergy tanner kelly jose gonzalez the list goes on and on and on so the coaches know exactly what they're doing and they have a system in place and and it, it's working you said you specifically, they helped you. You're a raw player, and now you're one of the up-and-coming players in the Sun Conference and for Ave Maria. What was it that they helped you develop in your game this last couple, this last year or so? So, growing up, I've always been super athletic. I've always had the tools. I'm fast, explosive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I wasn't a baseball player. Like, I would slap the ball to short, run it out, you know, what? steal bags, whatever. But as you get older and you, you start playing in good conferences like the Sun Conference, balls in the infield, they're not hits. They're not hits. They're outs. Anything that's not hit hard is an out for the most part, right? You start facing guys with plus stuff on the mound. You got to be able to compete with bat speed, good, good approaches at the plate and all that. So um, they helped me, A, one, know that the weight room is there and that I got to use it, but B... <laughs> Um, understand my swing and, and and let's fix a lot of stuff. Start swinging the bat harder, start swinging the bat more often yeah. um, and, and start juicing some baseballs, right? Because you got the capability to do it. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, in this conference, you hit the hit a ground ball shortstop to an Isaac Nunez, to a Richard Rodriguez, 
Yeah. You don't have a good 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 chance of legging it out against these guys. So you got to be able to you know get the ball to the outfield and get solid base hits. But like you said, you're an athlete, but you weren't really a baseball player. Let's talk a little bit about like you growing up and what what were you into? Because I know you are probably about the most most northern guy in the Sun Conference from where you originated from. So we talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. Um, so you know. Six. Yeah, the six, rep the six, six guy, Drake, you know, Tori, Nav, shout out the boys. Um, but uh, I grew up playing soccer and basketball. Those are my sports. You know, I come from a family that um, plays soccer. And then Vince Carter was my athlete growing up. You know, he was he was the guy that put the Raptors on the map. So everybody was playing basketball. Basketball was my sport. And um, believe it or not, I started baseball around 13 years old, I believe it was. And um, I I only made the I, – I tried out for travel ball. I went to every level, and I made – we we go triple-A, double-A, single-A. And uh, I made the single-A team because I was fast. They saw me in the outfield, for real. And if that guy never took a chance on me, I probably wouldn't have played. And um, so, yeah, I started baseball at that age, and, and every year I kept moving up, kept keep, kept getting better, and, and that's all I want to do. I like to win. I like to be good. You know what I mean? So that was, um, that was a big thing for me, and then – as I got older, our team started traveling to the States and playing in big tournaments down here, Georgia, Indiana. Uh, we come down to Florida a little bit, go to the Midwest a lot. So I got a lot of good baseball in me. And then I ended up getting recruited to uh, North Iowa area community college, um, also known as NIAC. And that's a powerhouse Juco in the NJCAA. And from there, you know, it was tough times, as you know, COVID happened threw everything out of whack in the sports world. And um, one thing led to another, and now I'm here in Ave Maria. So, yeah, I remember when COVID happened. I was on spring break with some of my boys in Panama City Beach, and it was like uh, the NHL just canceled their season. MLB, what, what's going on? A two week spring break. Let's get it. And I mean, and, and here we are, 2023. We're still talking about it. But yeah, I mean, COVID. It obviously it changed a, a lot of things in recruiting. I feel like we're getting towards the end of that. A lot of the fifth year guys and girls, uh, student athletes, they're starting to find their way out. But still, I mean, they're fifth year seniors all across, and we're seeing it with baseball and softball. I'm not gonna get too much into softball because it's there's some fifth year pitching right now that is insane. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it threw a threw a wrench in the problems for guys like you, JUCO guys, and the transfer portal as well as hurt uh, junior college football and baseball. But don't really hear a whole lot about teams going and finding teams in like Northern Iowa or anything. So, how did it end up Ave Maria for you? So for me, that so that COVID year, or rather, mine was the year after. So the year after COVID happened which that's when the portal was all messed up, right? Because guys were allowed to leave and not have to sit out a year. So everybody was in the portal. Everybody was transferring. So after our JUCO season, um, I didn't have any concrete offers. So I went to go play in the college summer league in Indiana. That's the name of CSL Grand Park. Um, great league, really, really good competition. And I balled out. I had an unbelievable summer, one of my best summers. Uh, batted like 330, had like 30 stolen bags, stuff like that. And um Posted a, a a video on Twitter, you know, as you know, baseball Twitter is some of the best Twitter there is out there oh, yeah. and things can happen from there. So I posted a recruiting video. Visits. 
right. Sorry about that, Francesco. I had a little bit of uh, internet issues. I, I hate Zoom. If I could do every interview in person, it was, but pretty much just pick right up where you left off. And we may leave this in. I may edit it out. I don't know. We'll see. But, but go ahead. Continue with what you're saying about uh, your uh, uh, college summer league. Yeah. So I was, in, like I said, I was in Grand Park, Indiana. Um, I had a great summer. And then, like I said, you know, people were coming to watch. I had some offers. Nothing that I really wanted at the time. And then next thing you know, school starting in about like a week and a half. And I was about to go to Ben Mesa uh, in Arizona, ben Benedictine, Benedictine Mesa, really good program. I think they had two guys drafted that year. Uh, one was a pitcher. I can't remember who the other guy was. And then I was about to go there. And then Nick McCormick called me from Ave Maria. And even, even, even then, like, even now I tell them, I was like, man, like I, I wasn't going to come like, you know, looking, <laughs> looking at what you guys were before, you know, I, I wasn't bought in. I, I, I didn't believe it. And then he told me everything that they're trying to do and, and how they care about me getting better. And at the end of the day, I'm a kid from the North. Like I'm outside from usually like March to like June, August. Right. And then baseball season's done. Right. So now I have the opportunity to go to either Arizona or Florida and the Sun Conference is the best conference in in the NAI, I think the deepest in all sports. Go crazy. Not even Go close. On. Go Not on. even close. We got, we got the best teams in the country. Woo. And the reality of it is, if you want to play good baseball, you got to go to the best conference. And I think I've made the right decision. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You're, 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 you're preaching my language. The best conference, <laughs> baby. Amen. I tell, I tell you what, it's funny. Uh, it's Benny Mesa was the other team because I got to see them in action. Uh, shout out my boy, Cam Haviland. Uh, he pitched a gym against Southeastern in the East-West tournament a while back. Uh, we we talked a little bit about it, but they played Southeastern. And I was talking with him because he got he got pulled after, I think, the sixth inning. He had a yeah, sixth inning. I was talking with him some, and I was like, hey, man, y'all are up eight to one. It, uh, y'all might, y'all might do this, but I, I want to count them. I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I know they're good, but I feel like we got this one and we're, we're pretty confident. I'm like, yeah, until you get that 27th out against the fire, brother, it ain't, yeah. ain't nothing, to, nothing to play with. They, y'all took them on, uh, yesterday, right? Yep. Yep. We played them yesterday and, um, we lost 10 to five. We played a, a poor first three innings and then we shut them down for the rest of the game. But this is, this isn't, you know, high school baseball, this is the Sun Conference, right? Like, we're not playing teams from the North. We're playing the best team in the country. Yeah. So, you mess up multiple times, There's it, it, that's a tough mountain to climb. And I'll give us credit. We fought We fought hard. We fought hard, but we got to do that from the beginning. And I think if we do that from the beginning, it'll be a way closer game. Right. Now, you got injured uh, last year, so you didn't really get to play a whole lot against Sun Conference teams. You've uh, dip, dipped your toes in the water some this year. You had Weber earlier, Southeastern yesterday. But you saw it last year, and you're seeing it this year. And you know, uh, God forbid anything happens, you'll have a full Sun Conference season with it. You just talk a little bit about like playing in this conference as a player and how difficult it is. Because I mean, now you're seeing. I mean, what are y'all now nine and two against non Sun Sun Conference teams, and zero and two against Sun Conference teams? No knock on y'all. I mean, y'all y'all played probably the two best teams in the country so far. Uh, uh, <laughs> But you just talk a little bit about like playing these teams and how it is different from, you know, like playing at a JUCO or if you would have gone somewhere else in the NAI. Yeah. I mean, I remember, um, I think we were playing, I think it was St. Well, I got hurt against St. Thomas, but I just remember playing down here for the first time. And it was like, it felt like the world baseball classic every single game, 
The energy is unreal. It's just, you want to, you want to throw gas? Great. I'm going to swing harder. Like you want to pump it by me? I'm going to put it 400 feet. It's, it's the most exciting baseball in the country, to be honest. And it's power arms, power bats up and down the conference. Everybody's good. And it's just, it's, it's the most exciting baseball I've been a part of. And I think that it's going to continue to be that way. The conference is only getting stronger every year. We got every year we have like three, four teams going to regionals. Like what other conferences? I, doing? Really? If three teams going to regional, I think it's a bad year for, for us. I mean, I think it's I mean. not bad, but that's average. If we send two, one or two teams to opening round, I consider it a bad year at this point. Yeah. Three teams I think is a, is average. We should be shooting four plus every time. We had what? Five last year. We had, Weber, St. Thomas down in Miami Garden. Southeastern went to Upland. And then Warner, where was Warner's regional? I think it was up in Tennessee. And then Reinhardt, or yeah, Reinhardt's regional was where Kaiser was at. Uh, I still can't believe they, they they didn't win that 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 opening round. I thought, I thought for sure they were they were gonna win that regional, but Faulkner got got hot at the right time, which was pretty much after we swept them. They almost didn't lose a game uh last year. But Anyways, I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, man. It's it's not only the talent. It is the pure excitement and enjoyment of the game. And look how deep this conference is. Look at look at Thomas. Thomas right now is at the bottom of the Sun Conference in baseball, which I don't think will be like that for long. Uh, if they were staying, I wouldn't think it would be like that. Unfortunately, they are going to the Southern States, where they are going to be the, probably the best team in that conference almost immediately. I mean, they beat Georgia Gwinnett this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And we were actually – we were talking about that. And it was like – for the guys that were new, they're like, hey, man, like, Thomas just beat Georgia Gwinnett. And I was like, welcome to some conference baseball. Welcome. Yeah. I mean, the uh, a team that's – and, again, no offense, seventh, eighth best team in the conference just beat the number six team in the country. Hello, people. Like, do I really – I mean, it has gotten a little – I won't say boring at this point, but – since I started Sun, Suncast, it's like you can't argue with me. Like it, it, it is undoubtedly, and I've talked about I talked about some with you. Talked about it off air a little bit, a little bit on here, but it's way too early to talk about it. But if it does end up being an all Sun Conference final in Lewiston, and it is Weber versus Southeastern, it'll either a be the most content I've ever done, or b I just have a heart attack or I go in a coma for a little bit. I'm not able to do do anything at all. It'll be one or the other. I don't know. But I mean, I mean, yeah, man, it's such a deep conference. It's so much fun. And y'all are definitely uh, on the on the come up. And y'all are so young that that's the main thing with y'all. Y'all are so young and it can be when you have a young team with the talent that Ave Maria has. You can go down two paths. You can go down. It's like last year, missed a con barely missed a conference tournament. You could go this way and it be you're mad, you're frustrated. It's like, how are we supposed to compete with Southeastern, Weber, St. Thomas? Or B, what it seems like y'all are bringing in 2023 and on, it's like, hey, we're the first group that's changing the culture here. Yeah. Will we win a national title this year or a Sun Conference title this year or next year? Maybe, maybe not. But it does seem like there is that changing culture. Can you talk a little bit on – Look, and look, I know y'all want to win games. I know that that's the ultimate goal, win the Sun Conference, win a red banner, period. But the other goals in that, because you can't just have that be your only goal. If that happens, then anything short of it's a lost season in, in the eyes of, of goals. Let me get to the question here. 
when y'all are y'all are a young team and y'all are building something that could potentially be very special in at Ave Maria. What is that? What what's that process like? And do y'all think about like, hey, five years from now, ten years from now, Ave Maria could be a Weber, like a team that has now emerged over these next few years and is now here at the uh, top ten team. Does that thought ever enter your mind or any of y'all's minds? Like, hey, we're building something bigger than just this twenty twenty three baseball team. Yeah, actually, we we talked about it. Um, we opened up the season against Thomas. And in our pregame huddle, uh, we were all talking and we are like, we're the ones that are going to change the narrative for Ave Maria. And that was the talk last year and we fell just short and we were right there. And, you know, we ran into some injury troubles and whatnot and that flipped the switch. But this year, we're that team where it's like, oh man, we're here. Yeah. We're here. Like, you got to worry about us. This isn't a weekend where you come in and think you're going to, get a sweep like nah we're here because the reality of it is all the guys that are here are new and they don't know the old Ave Maria they just want to build the one that's going to be a powerhouse in the in the Sun Conference and the coaches are on that board a hundred percent and they believe in us and they tell us that they believe in us and they display it through their efforts at practice and 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 just all the time in the weight room whatever it is so um we know we're, we're definitely aware of the situation Definitely aware of the situation. And I think we wear it as, as a badge of honor because we were playing some inspiring baseball, to be honest, and we got a lot of it left. That's sick. And I really look at what Ave Maria baseball is. It's very, very, very similar. When I And I really started looking at this. When I knew I was going to have you on, we talked uh, about a week or so ago, I started really looking at Ave baseball, and I was like, holy cow, the parallel between them and Weber football are very similar because years past Weber has not been very good in, at football. Now we, we won the Sun Conference 2014. That's uh, long before my time. And our first year under Coach Patochny, we went two and eight. Uh, we started 0 and 7. We beat number 16 Faulkner, who uh, I think that was a program defining win for us because that was a Faulkner team that was on the cut. Like pretty much all they had to do was beat an 0 and 7 Weber team, beat their beat someone in their conference who I think wasn't very good and they were in like they were going to be a playoff team and we ruined that for them which I love I, I that, that was a ton of fun anyways but we moved on we finished two and eight we beat the heck out of Warner and then this past year there was some change and it's harder to change more with baseball or with football than baseball because especially in the NAI when you have 160 guys it's hard to get them to buy in I'm sure it's the same, same way y'all what probably 50 ish guys yeah, yep. around there. So, I mean, you know, it's hard to get everybody to buy in immediately, but there was improvement. And then last year we go from a two and eight team. And then in the first real year under coach Pooch, his first year as the full head coach, the interim head coach, we go seven and four beat Southeastern beat Flomo beat Warner should have beat y'all should have beat y'all. If I, I'm not going to get into that because I'll tell you this, it you might want to go, go check out that uh that that episode of I don't know, way back when uh when it was the next episode after we lost to Ave Maria by four points. I think I said maybe two sentences the whole podcast. Josh carried. I was I was very upset about that game. I'm dropping it, letting it go. Anyways, let me get to my point. We had our we 
what we are now and now in 2023 it's even it's even a bigger step forward now, obviously it's spring but we've had our spring workout so it was our first spring practice and it's different the culture has changed and hearing from you and looking at Ave Maria it's very very similar like are we the top dog in our conference right now no that's Kaiser and St. Thomas are y'all the top dog right now no that's Southeastern and Southeastern's a top dog until uh, until further notice, but my, my boys are buzzing. I'll just say that um, y'all are y'all are looking to get that and looking to do something very similar to Weber. So I feel like that, that, that's something that's something, and we need to talk more and continue talking off air about it because I'm a I'm a leader. I'm a captain on the team. You, you're a high energy guy. You're going to be a leader and a part part of this change. Who are some other guys along with you that? you feel like are at the head of that, that are really trying to change that culture and make Ave Maria, you know, a couple guys on the team that are like good leaders and are building or helping build this Ave Maria baseball program. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, myself and, and Tanner Kelly, our shortstop, I think we've been really, really good in terms of how vocal we are, but being vocal to the point where we're saying meaningful stuff. Um, and then we have a veteran, uh, Daniel Kaler, the second baseman, He's been here, so he's seen the lows, and he's now starting to see the come up, right? So um, that's somebody that we that we lean on as well. Um, and I would say that the rest of the team, we got a lot of guys that handle their business, right? So like in terms of leadership, I think guys step up all the time. Um, I would say that myself, Tanner Kelly, and Daniel Kaler are more of the outspoken ones, but the guys are constantly on each other and and, and building each other up. So. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't look at it as having a king. I look at it more as having like a kingdom, right? Like we're building something special. So that, that's, that's what we got going on here. Boy, Francesco dropping the Fuego bars out here tonight, man. Come on. I love that. It's not about a king. It's about a kingdom. I love it. I'm going to put that one on a t-shirt or something. Tweet it out. <laughs> it, it, it'll do some numbies. That, that, that's awesome. And, and hearing from a guy like Daniel, I need, I need to talk to him. Uh, hit him up. Um, I want to talk to him because I want to hear from a guy that was here or there at Ave before and talk about what it was in, I guess, 2020, 2021 compared to what it was last year and now this year. All right, Francesca, we talk a lot about Ave baseball, talk a lot about uh, you, you with baseball. You played other sports. You said growing up you were a soccer guy. We talked about that, something similar we have in common. We both played the most psycho position known in sports, which is goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. You got to be some special to go behind those posts. You, you got you got to be a little uh, rattle brain to be able to do that. <laughs> Was soccer or ba- – I know you say you, uh, basketball was another sport you played – Growing up, were was baseball like even on your radar? And like even when you turned thirteen, you played for that uh, thirteen U single A team. How long was it before you switched? And it's kind of, to kind of take me through that. Okay, it's soccer. Okay, it's basketball before baseball. Yeah. So um, obviously, the biggest sports back home would be the sports where we have the big teams, right? So like the Toronto Raptors, the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like Toronto FC. Um, that, sports, the Maple Leafs. Right, those are the guys that would bring in the most fans, right? And the Blue Jays were never really good. So nobody really cared about baseball. The Rogers Center holds 50,000, but maybe like 10,000 are going to the games on average, right? Like the baseball wasn't a big scene back home at all. 
And um, so I played soccer. My, my, my mom's side is Italian. Um, so soccer was, yeah, soccer was in my blood. I played it my whole life growing up. Um, and that was probably, if you talk to me like 10 years ago, that would be the, if I, if I were to tell you what sport I'm going to play, it's going to be soccer. Same. Right? Yeah. Baseball, baseball was never on my mind. And then, I, like I said, I was that athlete at school. I made every team, whether it be volleyball, track, cross country, basketball, soccer, uh, I was on the chess team. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like I was on every team, you know what I mean? And we had a slow pitch team and that was the first team I didn't make. I didn't make the team. And I remember like not being able to deal with it. And I asked my mom that summer, um, I was like, Hey mom, I want to try out for baseball. And she said, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. And she, she brought me to all the tryouts and believe it or not, like I, I didn't have cleats. I didn't, I didn't have like, I didn't have anything. I showed up in shorts and my Jordans to a baseball field. And uh, <laughs> so makes sense as to why maybe I had a tough go at it at the beginning. But like, you know, I've always worked hard. That's something that people never have to question. Right. So you see me get onto a field. I care. I, I care more than the next guy. I promise you that. Like, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter what the situation is. I'm there and I'm going to give you my best. It's all I've always been like that. And I'm going to continue to be like that. So. Yeah, that, that, that's just a winner's mindset. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. You're if you got a winner's mindset, you got a pretty daggum good shot of being successful at it. And it certainly sounds like it's like that for you. And it was really like it was almost like the forbidden fruit. It's like I can be so good at anything from goalkeeping to chess, but baseball, slow pitch baseball is a team I get cut from. You don't get cut from that team. Maybe baseball is not something you even pursue that much. Yeah, no, not even close. Literally, if I, if I don't get cut from that team then I'm probably not playing baseball. I'm not talking to you right now. We're not talking about the Sun Conference being the powerhouse of the NAI. So it, um, it's crazy. I mean, just like, and, and I think I mean, it's one of those things, I'm sure you do it and it probably everybody listening to it. It's like all the little paths that like I've taken, you've taken, we've all taken to get from point A to point B. That's like, let us here talking on, on a Zoom, praying my internet doesn't crap out again on us. <laughs> but yeah, so and like, that's one I'm a big believer in, you know, things happen for a reason. Yeah. Right. And whatever cards you're dealt, you got to do, you got to do the best with those cards. So doesn't matter how rough the times are, whatever it is, just, you got, you got those cards in your hand, man. Make sure you're making a play. Hey, you got to learn how, you got to learn how to, uh, what, learn how to fold them or learn when to hold them. I'm messing up with one of my favorite Kenny Rogers songs. And I can't think of the lyrics right now. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, so, so you, you said growing up that, you know, w with basketball, Vince Carter was your guy. Um, I'm not, I don't, I, say I don't care, but whatever about the basketball or uh, soccer side, side of this question, but for baseball, who was the guy that you looked at when you did, when you did start getting into baseball, who were some guys you were looking at? Like, Hey, I kind of want to model my game after him, or he plays the game way I play it. Can how can I hone my craft to be more like player a? Yeah. Well, so. Growing up, obviously, the Jays had the big bats, right? So, like, I grew up watching uh, Bautista and Encarnacion, right? And Bautista was the man. I remember going to my first Jays game and uh, sitting behind the home plate, we're playing the Yankees. Ricky Romero was on the mound. I can't remember who was on the mound for the Yankees, but um, Jose Bautista, I heard trophies. He was walking out to trophies. And I remember the, the whole Rogers Center just, like, booming, booming. And... Um, that was the first guy that that's somebody that, you know, he had, he had home runs, right. He was exciting. So that got me into the game. I knew that wasn't my game. That wasn't my game growing up. I was that, 
I was that skinny kid that was fast that, like I said, I would just slap the ball and run. Right. But that doesn't work. But growing up, I would probably model my game after a guy like Ben Revere. I like Ben Revere. Uh, he ended up coming to the Jays uh, for the 26, 2015, 16 seasons. Um, a guy like Billy Hamilton, a D Gordon type deal. I was a big Tory Hunter fan, Tory Hunter. I love Tory Hunter. Um, but yeah, so I would model my game after those types of guys, but baseball back then was a little different, right? Like it, what mattered was getting on base, bunting, whatever, like bunt run, like that type of stuff. Now it's, it's a whole lot different. It's about doing damage constantly and trying to put balls far and in the air. So the game's changed a little bit. The one thing that I have the advantage of is that I can do things on both sides of the spec on both sides of the spectrum. So um, if we're talking about my game now, I mean, I try and I try and model it against or I, I try and rather model it towards a guy that can do all of this. So like, you know, we talk about somebody like a Mike Trout, right? Like he can yeah. hit, run, field, like everything. So if you can be the player most of our, Yeah, I mean, he's the best player of our generation. So not not a bad guy to model your right. game at that. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Or like a guy like Byron Buxton. Right. Like right. known for his speed. But, man, you leave a ball over the plate and he's going to put it 450 feet. Right. So guys, guys that know their strengths and now and I'm starting to come into that. That's just maturing as a player. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just want to be the most dynamic guy on the field that, that I can be. And I train for that. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's it. We already know, man, just, just talking with you, and I'm sure the people listening completely agree. I mean, there's no doubt you you have the work ethic for it. What So there's got to be something that installed that mindset and that work ethic. Was it a, a, a parent, coach, a moment, or just a combination of whatever to get you to have the mindset that you have that's making you one, one of the top young players in the conference right now? Yeah, no, that's my mom. That's just – there's – no doubt to the question. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. It's my mom. She's uh, the hardest working person I know. And day in, day out, she's always doing something to make sure that I'm okay and my sister's okay. So the whole point of this is to make something out of baseball and then show her that she did a good job with me. So that's that's my why. Absolutely. I'm sure she's very proud of you. I wish this episode was coming out on Mother's Day because uh, you'll actually be on this one with uh, Joseph Taylor. So y'all stick around, check out that interview right after this. Uh, he uh, track track star, one of the best track athletes uh, in the NAI for Southeastern. And he sa same reason, man. Uh, and I mean, same for me, my mom, my dad, uh, it, they installed that mindset in me very, very, very early on and uh, work, working out pretty good so far. Uh, can't complain getting, getting to talk baseball for, for about a living. So uh, can't, can't really complain a whole lot. Uh, so kind of, a, kind of a random question I want to go back to. You said you played in summer collegiate ball, right, out in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, I guess this is, well, I guess it's kind of breaking news now because I haven't said anything on here, but I have told people uh, I'm actually uh, heading up to upstate New York this week, this, not this weekend, this summer, be the play-by-play -play broadcaster and do work for the Socrates uh, Stallions. Up with the nice. CBL, having a lot, lot of fun. Uh, gonna have a great time uh, uh, up there. But don't, don't get too, too much into that. But my question for you is, what can I kind of expect with like college summer ball? Because I, it's not something I'm like overly familiar with. Uh, I mean, some of the guys on the team told me a little bit about it, but just here, I want to hear from you. Like, what, what's it like? Like, what's the grind of collegiate summer ball? Yeah. So um, this past summer, I had the privilege of playing for the Florence Flamingos in the Coastal Plain League. 
which is a uh, top three collegiate summer league, uh, summer baseball league. And um, I'll tell you what, it, it's a grind, right? Like you come off of a, of, of a college season where you're playing minimum 50 games and you go into your playoffs, regionals, whatever, that's, you're playing almost, if you go all the way, you're playing near 70 games, right? 60, 70 games. And then you go into a summer season, um, like the coastal plain and you're traveling a lot, you're playing every day. But the one thing that you get that, you know, sometimes you don't get in the college season, the school season, is the atmosphere like you're playing in front of thousands every night and people know you they're your fans and you want yeah. to, kids are looking up to you like you're a role model right so that's summer summer baseball kinds of kind of puts it into perspective where it's like at least from a player standpoint that it's bigger than the game it's bigger than the game like kids are looking up to you and you're their hero for a lot of them like you're in a small town sometimes like you are, you're their hero. You're their athlete. And that's something that I took pride in, you know, like I, every time we played, I always wanted to make sure that like, if a kid wanted a ball, like he asked for a ball, he would get it. Or, yeah. or they asked me to sign something that like, that's what they're, that's what they want that. Right. Like they look yes. up to you. So, and even the announcers, I remember our announcers for Florence, like they took notice of that. Our, our fans knew the announcers. And I know that you're somebody that's going to be really, really good behind the mic. And, People take notice of that. So um, um, I'm so psyched for it. Like I, I was talking with uh, Colin today, our, our coach at Weber. He's the manager uh, for the Stallions as well. And I was talking with him. And I, look, I'm obviously like I'm obviously going to do my work for NAISB for Suncast and everything. But as soon as it's, it's June 1st, it's over. Like that's the end of NAIA NAI baseball and softball. As soon as that's over, we're hopping in, in the red jeep. We are booking it up to upstate New York. I am. So psyched for it because don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sorry, let me slow down so people can understand me. I don't get me wrong. I love the podcast. I love doing what like this. I love the interviews and covering other sports, broadcasting other sports. I truly love it. No doubt about it. If I if I didn't love it, I wouldn't be doing it. But broadcasting baseball, that's that that's my moneymaker. Like that's what I'm I'm gonna do like 10, 15, 20 years from now. That's what I'm gonna be doing. So then I feel like this is like my first bit big chance to like be be with it like full time have like a full two months of just b baseball and just covering this league just covering this team now we'll have offseason episodes of uh suncast don't know if we will for naisb probably not but i we will uh i guess we'll go ahead and tell y'all now in february so who cares we'll we'll, we'll, we'll still do weekly episodes kind of like how we did uh last year It'll probably be really interview based uh but yeah, dude, I, I'm so psyched. It, it, it's going to be a time, and I think it's something that all college baseball, or yeah, I mean, yeah, all college baseball players that are looking to go on and play either independent ball or try to get with a team. I think it is crucial for you to do that because, like you said, it is a grind. Yeah, you play 50, 60 uh, games, 60 or more than 60 if you're one of the last few teams, and that's great. Now, that's a grind. That's only about what forty percent of an MLB season, not even about about a third. So go play those extra fifty games. That's what you're gonna have to do. Like that's the grind of if you're wanting to play minor league, major league baseball. Sixty games is tough. One hundred sixty-two, and if you're good, another twenty or so. It's a whole it's all another grind. But yeah, I mean, I don't, don't want to get too caught up. If I get I get talking talking about it too much, we'll we'll just be talking about Socrates Stallions all night, but. <laughs> But yeah, let's get back to Ave Maria. Let's get back uh, talking about you and everything. So Ave Maria, 
it is a school that I won't say it's secluded, but it seems like it's down there in southwest uh, Florida. You know, at, like you have your Miami Garden schools there together. Kaiser's right there. Obviously, Weber, Warner, Southeastern are right there. And then you kind of Thomas and Coastal, they're still somewhat close. Feels like people don't really get to know Ave Maria a whole lot. You got to give them a shot, right? So can you just tell us a little bit about, about the gyrenes, what it means to you to be a gyrene, and just like what's the overall co culture um, you need to speak overall as a school or just within the athletic department? Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the button in terms of it's a little bit secluded compared to the rest of the conference. Like our shortest drive is two hours, and that would be either to Miami or to West Palm, which is on the same side. Um, with our farthest drive being towards uh, coastal or uh, to coastal or to Thomas. Right. Um, but in terms of the campus, it's a, it's a great campus. It, it's small. It's a smaller school that's building. It, it, it's, it, it's growing quickly. It's growing, growing very, very, very quickly. It's a beautiful neighborhood. It's we're right outside of Naples, about a 25 minute drive into Naples. Um, and it's a nice area. It's a, it's a beautiful town. The, the athletic department cares, right? Like they, they're, they're trying to, build this into a into a superpower right like that's what brings that's what brings people to school sports right people know about the sports whether it be football being the big one football basketball baseball probably being the big three right and softball uh being at the top and volleyball yeah, um, i was about to say you better mention volleyball and beach volleyball they'll, they'll yeah <laughs> but and and like i said the one thing with this like i mean we've said it multiple times one thing with the sun conference is you have good teams everywhere Right. And people want to come and watch. So um, the biggest thing I would say with Ave Maria is that it's a close knit community and it feels like that the, the students come out and support when they can and they do it often. And, and we're just growing is what it is. And it, it's a it's a really, really exciting time to be a gyrene. And um, we do wear with pride. Not many people know what a gyrene is. And uh, that's my next question. That's my next question. What is a gyrene? I, I've heard Royal Bulldog. I've heard a dog in the military. I've heard military person. So I'm all over the place. So let me hear directly from a gyrene. What is a gyrene? So gyrene, from my knowledge, is... Oh, so yeah. You don't even know. You don't no, know. no, no. I do know, okay. though. I do know. Okay. I do know. I do know. I do know. I do know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of proud that I know this. Okay. So it has to do with the Marines. Um, so okay. back in the day... Um, the opposition used to call the Marines gyrenes almost like as a, almost like as a diss. Okay. Right. And the U S took it on as a sense of pride and they started calling themselves gyrenes saying that they were tough and all that. And that's kind of where the history comes from. I'm, I'm sure there's more to it, but that's the gist of it. So you, people want to call it a military bulldog. No, it's a Marine bulldog. So you're close. Right. It's a Get Marine it right. bulldog. Yeah. Boy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Facts. Uh, all right. Okay. So now we know it's a Marine. Not so. Where's the Bulldog come from? The Bulldog. Uh, uh, that's a great question. I'm pretty sure that's what it, I think that's what a gyrene is. It's like, like that's the that's what they were called. And there was like a Bulldog mentality. That's my best way to put it. OK, so it's a mentality. Yeah, I, I would say so. I would say so. I would say it's more of a mentality than it is a mascot is what I would say. Ooh. That's it. You dropping some good ones. You dropping some. Some. I need to start writing these down or something. All right. Uh, I, some you said said earlier. Y'all have great student body. Y'all have great student uh student sections. Um, outside of uh Southeastern, which I played at th this year, which I mean, you saw their football stadium yesterday. I mean, it's a whole nother ball game. It was one of the tougher places uh that I played at in, in the conference when we played there two years ago. 
students came out. I mean, it is it it definitely seems like there is a tight knit community within the student athletes. Can you kind of talk about like the relationship between like the baseball team and the football team or the baseball team and the volleyball team? Like, how's that mentality and like or not mentality? How's that relationship with the other sports at Ave Maria? Yeah, I mean, I you know it being an athlete, like we have our busy schedules, right? So we're not always together, but when we are, we respect each other and we're there. And it's, it almost seems like everybody's in it together, right? Like we love seeing each other do well. Like we love seeing football going runs. Our volleyball team was the, was unstoppable last year. And even this year, they were really, really good. And um, so the basketball just came up short. We go to all the games. Same thing with the women's team. The women's team has the quarterfinal coming up or the semifinal now. No, the semifinal coming up. Um, so it, yeah. I would say the athletic community, like the athletes in particular are really, really good with each other. And like I said, we care. Like we we want to put Ave on the map. And that's for every single sport, every single sport. Yeah, you talk about your volleyball team being dominant. One of my most favorite rivalries and matchups in the Sun Conference that I've that I've covered so far, uh, going on a year now. St. Thomas Ave Maria volleyball, dude. <laughs> those matchups this fall, I lived for them. I wanted it to be Ave St. Thomas in the finals so bad. I talked with uh, C- Coach Beto and Mia Thomas for St. Thomas uh, earlier uh, this year, or I guess last year, two thousand twenty-two. Anyways, and they talked about I me. Mean, it is. It's intense, dude. And when I, I always, I, not always, but when I watch on live streams for either volleyball, basketball, baseball, you can't really tell. It seems like there's good crowds. I mean, good game day envir- environments are pretty much all gyrene games. Yeah. Um, so we actually, and believe it or not, so we uh, are rebuilding our field house right now. So that's where basketball and volleyball would all be playing. So right now they're playing at uh, the high school in town. And when I tell you, we pack like that, the, it's at capacity. For volleyball, basketball, you both women's and men's for basketball, especially at capacity. Like if you're not lining up an hour before, 45 minutes before, good luck. Like I've been getting sometimes one time I got there, like at game time, like I think it was like an eight o'clock game for the men's game. And I literally I, I couldn't get in. They said, no, we're full. And I just had to go back to campus. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. But that field house, like I said, you know, the school's investing in athletics. We got like a multi-million dollar field house being built that should be done by the fall. Um, we got some new locker rooms coming in. Um, we just put in a putting green for, for golf and that's right behind our baseball field. Um, we now have an ultimate Frisbee team. That's unreal beating Miami and Florida Gulf coast all the time. And, um, like I said, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. And the atmosphere, the atmosphere is good. The baseball, the baseball field, we just got a new halo, some new windscreens. Um, everything's, everything's coming together. It seems like you're over in, uh, Ave Maria. All right, I got to keep picking your brain because I love Weber, like, m- more than anything. That's something we need to do better, better at, being able to pack. Now, if it's a big game, I mean, obviously it's going to be packed. But these other games, are it's like we weren't at capacity last night for a quarterfinal basketball game. Now, we had a good crowd, but for a playoff basketball game, it should be having to kick people out. It's so full. And uh, this might be an all-fair all question, but forget it. We're recording at this point. Uh what so why is it what like I get that there's that respect uh but is it truly just the culture there or is there is it like good promotion of events or is it just a combination of it um it's definitely a combination of it but the one thing that I would say is unique 
to Ave Maria that maybe that it, actually, honestly, I could probably speak to that the other schools in the conference uh, don't have is that this is Ave Maria's town. Like this is the, like the university and the town are one, right? So everything runs through Ave Maria University. So it's not just the students. You got uh, the people in the town coming in, like the locals. It's a big deal, right? Because we are all together. And you've seen it at football in particular, like football. Football's big with that. Football's big with that. Basketball's big with that. So um, I think that's the, like West Palm Beach, very large, right? Lakeland, very large. It's like, those are places, um, uh, Babson Park, large, like for the most part, right? Like, you know, it's not a town like that. Well, I, I wouldn't say Babson Park's large. What I would say it's Babson Park and Lake Wells. If and if it was just Weber or just Warner, it'd be fine. And right. I think feel like it would be more of that community outreach. But the fact it's a three mile drive between the schools, there's a robbery. In fact, uh, I won't say the coach's name, but he told me uh, one of my football coaches. He told me his son was at school, and he was like, "Dad, I found out why this one kid in my class is so bad." And he's like, "Why's that, son?" He said, "Well, it turns out his he's a Warner Royal fan." And I, he just stopped. He started laughing. I just lost my mind. That, 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 that is fun. It's fun, though, to have that robbery with Warner. But we talked about it uh, just a few minutes ago. There are the disadvantages of being far away from other teams in the conference, being in a smaller town like Ave Maria. But y'all are right outside Naples, beautiful city. Spent Christmas there actually this year. It was awesome. But y'all have built the community into buying in and believing. And I think that's a credit to the coaching staff, the athletic department at Ave Maria. And it's, it's huge. I mean, there's no doubt y'all are, y'all are very similar to Weber. Y'all are overall as an athletic department. Y'all are trying to be the St. Thomas Kaiser Southeasterns who have probably been the better teams in the conference last few years, but Ave Maria and your Weber's, I mean, Weber's, I feel like pretty much got their foot in the door with other sports y'all as well. I mean, look at beach volleyball, y'all are top volleyball, indoor, y'all are top baseball's on the come up. Football's very solid. It's on the come up, man. I know, I know, you, I know it's a very exciting time to be a gyro. And you, how many, how many more years of eligibility do you have left? Um, so I'm a sophomore on the field uh, this year. So after this year, I'll have another uh, two years. Gotcha. Yeah. So you'll graduate, what, spring 25? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what I plan to do um, using the eligibility. So. Gotcha. So you'll be, you'll be the year after me. All right. Good deal. All right. Uh, well, Francesco, this has been great. Um, I'm good to keep going. If you want, you want to keep talking, you got anything else you, uh, you're, you're wanting to throw around. I have no time, no timetable. I don't have to record anything else the rest of the night. I, I'm good. So if you want to keep rolling, we keep going, bro. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say, like, I, I think it's like, I think you touched on it perfectly that Weber and Avi Maria were kind of in the same boat. Right. And we're doing it the right way. You know what I mean? Like we're doing it the right way. We're building and building and building and soon enough, we're going to be unstoppable. You look at Weber, we were talking about it, you know, baseball wise, like Weber's that team that you want to be like in the sense of you guys don't make mistakes. You guys make all the plays. You guys have good pitching, do everything right. You know what I mean? It, 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 you guys seem like a team, right? And not yeah. a knock to anybody else in the conference, but Weber is what I say. You, you guys are those guys. So now, my job and the job of the rest of the guys on the Ave Maria roster is to put our name beside your name and Southeastern and St. Thomas and, and Kaiser, because we're, we're going to be a force to deal with. And uh, I'm a firm believer in that. I tell you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a team. So a little throwback to January of 2022. It is opening day for baseball 
most of the baseball team has no idea who I am. I have this is well before Suncast. This is before I broadcasted a single game in my life. It's opening day. I walk down the dugout and check check the lineup card, and I'm I, I, I dress pretty nice for for broadcast. I, I I do have that drip on. I do put that put that stuff on. Keep it PG. Um, but uh, I, I walked in, had all my fit. Well, I chopped it up with some of the boys then, and it was immediate. I was like, "Yo, these are my guys." And I'm not gonna lie, my first couple of broadcasts probably weren't my best. Definitely not not as good as I am now. But it's it was immediate with them. They didn't. They didn't care I was a football player. They didn't care that about any of that. It was day one and that dugout. He's he's a part of this team and he's helping us. And that's what that's what it is. I mean, it is a culture that's been built there. And this is the year I think. For, I mean, last year. I mean, going to Lewis and winning two games. It's nothing. It's it's nothing to sneeze at. But we're really starting to reap the fruits. I feel like this year of it and. People look at Weber and it's like, oh, they just burst onto to the to, to the scene. It's not so much that you, it, you look at Brad Niehammer, our athletic director, and he, the father of Weber baseball, NAI baseball legend. He helped build this culture. He coached Colin Martin. He groomed Colin Martin, and as a young young coach, and now it's his squad, and he's taken it to a whole nother level over these last th- three or four years into what it is now, and it's a it's a culture now. It, we have a lot of senior leadership that obviously we'll lose, but I don't think Weber will be a team that's that will fall off. Like it, it really is a – you can go get talent whenever. You, you can go get talent. And you can go win some baseball games or you can go you – know, you can go win a conference or even a national championship in a year. But you're going to fall right off the cliff. But you look at the way Weber's built, Southeastern's built, Kaiser's having a down year, but they're a national powerhouse. St. Thomas, national powerhouse. The way y'all are building it, it's about culture. And a long-time listeners, their their ears have been bent five different ways to Sunday for me saying it. It is about the culture of an athletic department and of a program. That's how you change it. I've been a part of a really crappy athletic department at, at my old school. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that either. It was bad. And, and that – and there's not teams in the top 25 in Division Two, except for like one team there. The football team hasn't won a single game in the last three years. It's a bad culture. And being here at Weber, I know what a good culture is supposed to look like. And that's what it is. And I think it's the same for Ave Maria. And I mean, the majority of the teams in the conference, that's the way it is. And then the, the way you got to build your program from some people say it's from the bottom up. I disagree with that. I think it starts with the top. I think it is. What your athletic director does, the coaches he brings in, and then the players that are brought in. I mean, that's the pyramid. That's how you build a successful co- collegiate athletic program. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. Boom, that's the kingdom, bro. Come on. <laughs> I hurt my back again. You're getting me all hyped up. I'm getting old. This, I th- how old are you? Um, 22. Okay, you're 22, too, but – Oh my God! That means you're gonna be like 25 playing. Yeah, I thought that's that's COVID. That's that's baseball. That's that's why you got like teams like Southeastern who are super old. Oh yeah, super super, super old. So. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're on. I'm 22. I'll be 23 in September, and my body's saying, "Listen here, Reagan. You signed that letter of intent in 2019. You said four years. We're gonna be done. Four. That's it. 
I'm trying to bring it back for a fifth, and I'm like like a car that's got two hundred thousand miles on. I'm having to keep going into the shop, getting the oil changed on me, man. It's getting old stuff. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it, man. No, I feel that. I feel that. But hey, that's that's something you get to feel as an athlete. You know what I mean? Nobody else gets to feel that. So yeah, look at nah, it as a privilege. I really, I really don't think it's even like punting stuff. I think it's just old injuries and like nicks and knacks I didn't really take care of when I was a goalkeeper coming back and haunting me like years later. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. It's okay. yeah. You're going to get through it. You're almost done. Almost done. Almost. And then, then I just get the boom, boom, and then bump my gums for, for the rest of my life. Hopefully, hopefully. You live the life. Then you live the life. And we live the life. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Francesco, I'm all out of questions. I feel like we could, we could just keep, keep, keep going though. Uh, there anything else you want to touch on, man? No, man, that was, that was great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the Suncast and, much Can't love. wait to see uh, what the rest of the season has in store. Yes, sir. Can't wait for it. Uh, y'all, y'all, y'all don't come up to Weber for for the series. We go to y'all, right? Yeah, you guys come to us this year. All right, and then Southeastern goes to y'all as well. Yeah, Southeastern. Every, everybody, it feels like everybody's coming to us. St. Thomas is coming to us. Southeastern's coming to us. You guys are coming to us. What about and Warner? Then we just go to Kaiser and Warner. I should be, I'm sure. I'll, I mean, if it's at the same time as Weber baseball, it'll be difficult, but. I'm sure we'll be able to uh, make a drive out there. I'll see you out there. But, my man, this is awesome. Really appreciate you. Uh, Y'all stay tuned right after this. So, we're going to send over here after this. There's a great interview here with Francesco Barbary of Ave Maria. I'm going to send it over to one of the best track athletes in the NAIA, the MVP, the Indoor Sun Conference Championships in 2023. Here is myself and Mr. Taylor, Southeastern Track and Field. Okay, we welcome on a very special guest to Suncast, man, who really needs no introduction, especially if you're a big track and field person here in the Sun Conference, nine-time All-American, Joseph Taylor from Southeastern Track and Field. Mr. Joseph, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing today? Good, and you? I'm do doing great. Really excited to ha have you on. You know, first off, congrats. You won MVP of the Sun Conference Indoor Championships, brought the conference title right back home to Lakeland, Florida. I mean, just just how does it how does it feel once again, y'all y'all dominating the conference and you know, bringing the conference championship back home? Um, we knew going into it that it was going to be a, a battle with Kaiser because it's usually always a battle with them. Yeah. But to have, have done all the events that I had to do and still be effective and helping my team win felt great. But we knew if we just executed the way we've been doing prior before this conference that we were a bit to win. So I feel like that's all we've done was just execute it. Absolutely. Hey, can you speak a little bit on like the squad's mindset, you know, he heading into it? I, you know, you said Kaiser's uh, the number one rival for y'all at the top of the conferences. What, what was everybody's mindset? And I mean, more specifically, obviously, what was your uh, mindset entering uh, the conference championships? I would say for me and the whole team, it was we over me. Um, we knew that everybody was going to have to do a lot of events in order to cover certain areas to make it to make it possible for us to win. So going into it, I already knew that I was going to have to be doing five events, but all in one day, that would seem like a lot for anyone, which it is. But I just knew that if I just completed, I just made it to the finals for the majority of everything that I would do my part, and that's how everybody felt. Like, long as you do your part, make it to the finals, score, 
we'll win. And that's about we over me. That's all I can say is we over me. We over me. It sounds like that's something that Coach Dotson has ingrained into y'all. And I think it's a great mindset to have, especially, you know, you look at track and field, it's more of an individual sport. But if you want to do the ultimate goal of, you know, winning conference championships and or win a red banner, you got to be able to you know have that mentality. You got to go and sell out for the entire uh, tournament or in, in, for everything y'all have at the meet. And y'all certainly did that this year, and hopefully y'all will keep doing that throughout the season. And at the end of the May, things will go go y'all's way. But as I was saying, there's no doubt Coach Dotson has helped build a great track program in Lakeland, Florida. You just talk a little bit about what he's done to make you a better track athlete. I would say the greatest thing that he's done for me is, is to push me to, to be the best version of myself that I can be, whether that's in the classroom or on the track. And he actually cares. So, like, he not just learned about all the accolades that I'm collecting or about the way that I can make him look better or the way that he makes me look better. Like, we actually have a genuine relationship outside of running. And at the end of the day, whether or not if I run good or run bad, he still treats me the same way and still, like, leads by example. So, I would say Coach Dawson is probably – the best coach that I've came across. Well, that's incredible to hear. I mean, yeah, his track record, it's definitely starting to build up. I can't imagine there's been too many races he's been disappointed you uh, that you have disappointed him in. Uh, but what I like to hear uh, with what you said is he does have your back and he has the entire team's back. Like, look, the greatest athletes, the greatest players of all time, they're not going to be perfect every day. And when you have a coach that pushes you hard, which is needed to be at the top of your game, it's nice when you don't, you're not on your A game. You don't have your best day that a, a guy like Coach Dotson and coaches like that and w will pick you up. And I think that's what makes a really good coach is being able to pick your athlete up and knowing that they they trust you moving on into the season. Yeah, and he always he always says that um, just because your best day might not be your best day for you, but my best day is usually better than most people's best day. So I always go into like, well, maybe I didn't run the way that I wanted to run, but I still was effective in getting the job done. And he always say in order to be effective, you got to win a seat at the table. So I just take every single race one by one, just making sure that I can get a seat at the table. Absolutely. I'm sure Coach Dotson, he recruited you pretty hard to uh, come to Lakeland, Florida. You know, when you transferred from Xavier University, what were some of the factors that brought you to Southeastern? That's the funny thing. Um, I actually DM'd um, the SCU Fire Track and Field page, and, like, I wasn't getting any replies because I couldn't afford to stay at Xavier because due to the price. And I was like, it's either I find another school or, like, I'm done with school. And I had already not ran anyway for two years from the jump. So but I was constantly emailing and constantly DMing the page. But – he wasn't over the page, but somehow one of my coaches back at home knew Coach Dotson because he had previously coached at school in New Orleans, and, like, he got in contact with him. And I literally signed a week prior before my New Orleans – one of my New Orleans coaches got a job at Dillard. So I signed a week <laughs> here right before my coach back at home got a job at a university, and – I moved on to campus. The first time I ever saw campus was moving day. Um, 
So it, it was it's ironic how it worked out, but it certainly it did. Yeah, it, you're right. I mean, all things work out for a reason. I'm sure it was a nice surprise when you got to Southeastern and got to see that beautiful campus, though. Yeah. It was nervous because I had never been away from home. And I was like, okay, I don't know how this is going to go. I pray that I like it, especially being that I didn't visit at all. I just signed the papers. I didn't even really look at any of the scholarships. I just signed. I was like, I'm going to take my chance. I, sometimes that's all you got to do in life, man. You got to take a chance. And all the coaches listen, you better check your uh, your inst- your Instagram pro- uh, profile or, or Twitter DMs or whatever. You're just, you never know. You could have a Joseph Taylor wait, waiting for you. It took months, too, for them to reply. It was like I may have DMs them, like, when school had, like, the COVID situation had shut school down. Uh-huh. I probably DM them probably in at least April, and I really didn't get a reply until almost like July. So, well, wow. it know, was funny, but it worked out perfectly. You know, it's crazy. I have very similar situation. I entered the transfer portal uh, January of 2021 from where, where I went to school in Missouri, and I did the same thing, man. I was just emailing, DMing Twitter coaches. I mean, just hundreds of them to hope to get just a couple of replies and. Uh, we took a pretty similar uh, ways to get where we are, and and here we are. I'm at Weber. You're at Southeastern. It's just funny how how that kind of works. But uh, as you said earlier, you were away from home for the for the first time. You're from down in the Bayou, New Orleans. We talked before. You're a Saints fan. I got on my Drew Brees jersey. We're struggling right now. It's a rebuild. We're gonna be okay. We'll get there. But let's talk a little bit uh, about the area because New Orleans is. Somewhere I have not visited. I want to go there so bad, but I got to ask you some Bayou questions. So I want to start mm-hmm. off with food, okay? And that's pretty much all I got. I got Bayou food questions for you. So, so you like <laughs> that, that that style style of food, right? Like you're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We're gonna start off with one simple. I'm gonna give you a start, a bench, and a cut. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Crawfish, gumbo, and po' boys. Okay. That's that's that's. Oh my goodness! That's, <laughs> That's a tough one, right? I was like, all right, I can't just give give him something he can knock it out of the park here. I got to give give him a little bit bit of a tough one for for a little start bench cut. Okay, so I'm gonna cut the gumbo because right. oh. oh man, should I cut the yeah? I'm gonna cut the gumbo because majority of the time we don't normally eat gumbo in New Orleans unless it's like it got to be like the perfect weather to eat gumbo, which you can eat it at all times, but. Majority of the times that I haven't had it, it got to be like cool conditions. Like it's, it's just like chili. It's just like it's like, it's like eating chili. You don't, nobody wants to eat chili on the Fourth of July. Well, it's on a hot dog, maybe. But like gumbo chili, that's a that's a football weather. Those are football foods. Yep. And I'm a bench the po' boys, even okay. though they're top tier. And crawfish, I can eat that all year round, every day, all day. Who you take? Hey, pinch the tail, suck the head, man. I. Love crawfish. I can eat them pounds at a time, dude. When I uh, when I got done my senior year of high school, my my dad's got a friend from down. Uh, oh gosh, uh, I think Monroe. I think he's from Monroe, Louisiana, and he uh, d- drove up here around the same time of my graduation. He brought fifty pounds of crawfish, and we had a big old low country bowl at, at the crib. Man, it was it's awesome. I'm the same way. I would you know you could cut gumbo. And it's not a bad idea because you could all you, you, we didn't say anything about jambalaya. Obviously, two different things, but for the most part, uh, pretty similar. So you can kind of slide that one in there as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got one more, one more food question for you. You're cooking a low country boil. What's going in the pot? Uh, ingredients or what's uh, we don't, we don't have to go down all, all the seasons, all the spices. I know uh, a lot, a lot of people are funny. I know when I do mine, I don't say a whole lot. I say I use a lot of old Bay and uh, that's about it. And anything else that, that goes in there, I keep uh, to myself a little bit, but uh, you know, like your main stuff, like uh, crawfish, potatoes, onions. Like what, what's going potatoes. in there? We're going to go crawfish, potatoes, corn, smoked sausage, um, crabs, turkey necks, egg feet, neck bones. Um, my uncle liked to boil cabbage, cauliflower, and then we're going to take out a little crab oil. We're going to use the powder and the and the liquid boil. Yes, the liquid. Not many people know about know about the liquid. You got to put the liquid and you got to put the bags in there. Throw that throw that in. You're gonna have yourself a good one. With the lemons, the oranges. All right, so, yeah. so you know what you're doing. All right, all right. We're, so what I'm hearing is when y'all get done here at the end of May, y'all bring the red banner back to Lakeland. We're gonna have ourselves a big old low country bowl. That's what I'm hearing. Yep. <laughs> all right man well uh you know let's, let's get back uh to the track and uh you know you you at southeastern you've had a lot of success on the track and we're gonna get m more into it but what really impressed me when I, I was looking at your profile and everything was just how strong you are in the classroom you had to take three years of high school at once to graduate and, and go on to play the game that you love can you just talk about your, your mindset uh, go, going through that experience and continued on to be a, a star student at Southeastern? Um, I would say that at first I wanted to give up, but then I was like, I hadn't worked so hard already to get to where I wanted to go. And I knew that I wanted to go further than just high school because nobody in my family ever accomplished anything of that feat. So I was like, I know it's gonna be hard, and also my principal, Miss Lowe, she she pushed me to like exceptional limits. Like that was probably the best grades I ever made in school. Once I got to her school, because she didn't let me give up on myself, and she also always said that you always earn everything, so nobody can ever say that they gave you anything. And I just stuck by that, and I just knew that if I just graduate. On time, I'll make my mama proud. I'll make everybody proud. And I just wanted to go to school to further my education. Hey, man, that's that's awesome hearing that you, you had someone in your school in the administration pushing you to be the best. That saw the potential that, that you had in the classroom and on the field. And, and like you said, it, you motivated by being the first of your family to, to graduate and, and it, you also spoke on your mother there. You found your passion in nursing at a young age. Your mother uh, fell sick, um, and she told you about how much the nurses helped her to recover from her surgery and get back to, to health. Can you speak on just how influential she was to you in your athletic and in your academic career? Well, my mom always told me and encouraged me and told me to pray. And she always said that you can do anything that you put your hands to and she always would say that if God has it for you, that it's going to be for you no matter how you get it. So just like with graduating high school, yeah, I didn't go about it the regular way. I didn't 
go the same route that others went, but I still made it to the destination at the right time, at the right moment. And right. same thing with her. Her surgery didn't go as planned, but instead of losing life, she wound up living longer than what they expected her to do still till now. And I would just say that she just pushes me to be the best version of myself that I can be. And the most vital thing she would always tell me, still tell me, is to always pray. Because she always say prayer changes things. So no matter the outlook of the situation, she always say just pray. Absolutely. I didn't mean to start start to uh, cut you off there, but it does sound like you, you are a man of faith. It uh, sounds like that's the way that you were raised and you're certainly at the right spot to continue uh, in, in your walk, walk with Christ at Southeastern University. Uh, can, can you talk about Southeastern and obviously very religious school and everything about the opportunities there as a young Christian student athlete and, and just and being able to continue that? I would say that um, Southeastern pushes you by constantly encourage you to go to the chapel even though sometimes you may not feel like you want to do it but if you don't meet the chapel credit fee then you want to have to pay $25 each chapter I mean each chapel credit that you miss so while motivating you you're still like benefiting and basically they're helping you perceive your spirit a study of flesh and one thing I can say is I always grown grew up in the church and basically this just feels like home uh, that, that's awesome i mean we talked about it earlier this is uh this is was the first time you went away fr from louisiana from new orleans and to have that it feels like a second home thanks to that i mean it, it's incredible it's awesome man um you, you're at southeastern you're a nursing major it's a very difficult major can you just take us through it's kind of like an average week of trying to balance the advanced nursing classes that you're in as well as being one of the top athletes in the nai my god i just took a test today actually right before the phone call but how'd it go how'd it go so I think it went well. Um, every time I always say I don't know how things go, they wind up going well, such as like last week, pharmacology. I thought I was going to do good, but I wound up getting a 96 on it. But not too I would sad. say my normal <laughs> – yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. I would say my normal week for me would be Mondays. We're going to do like a checkoff or we're going to have like a STEM lab. And it can range from about – but basically, my day won't be over on Mondays until about maybe 3 p.m., 1 o'clock. It all depends if it's just a sim or if it's just a checkoff. And then Tuesdays, um, we go in class. We've been in class from 8 a.m. all the way to Rome. I'm wrong. We go to clinicals on Tuesdays, and you be at the hospital from 6.30 to about a good 3.30. And then I will go to practice. And then after practice, it's homework because you're back in class on Wednesday. And also on Wednesdays, we have 6 a.m. weights. So I leave weights. Well, I go to weights at 6 a.m., go to class from 8 to 3-something, and then get out of class, go to practice, back again. And then Thursday, you go to another clinical for psych. And then you're there all day as well. Then I leave there. Then I go back to practice. Then on Friday, go back to class. And it's just constant, like, I'll say every day of the week, I probably wake up at 5, 5.30, and I'm not home until at least a good 7, 7.30. And that's just getting home. That's not even doing homework, 
doing paperwork, studying. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm hearing you you talk and I'm just thinking, gosh, I think I'm a busy guy. And I'm hearing this. Lord, I'm glad I'm not a nursing major at Weber. Yeah. And man, I tell you, it's it's doable because people have done it on my team, like Amaya Simpson, Julia Rome. Um, I currently have two teammates that I'm really, really close to. And they're currently doing Ayo and Deja. So I feel like if they can do it, there's no reason why I can't. Absolutely. You're doing it very, very well. A very good GPA there. And we've already uh, talked about some of what you've done on the track. But let's go back and let's talk about you you as a track athlete. You have won numerous races. You've obviously have great memories at your time at Southeastern. But can you pick out one or two races that really stick out as a couple of your favorite at your time at Southeastern? Um, I would say... It's either the uh, four by four or maybe the first time that I ran 20 points. I'll say USF. I'll, I'll say USF. The first time that I ran 20 points. I had, a, I had done a lot of events that day, and I, I was like, okay, I'm kind of tired, body tired. I don't think I'm a PR. And then I just get out there, just run a race, just basically competing, and 20-point flash, and then it's like, I ran that after doing all of those events. So I was just always wondering like what my full potential can be. I just and you said I, and just run you, that. You broke up a little bit there. I just want to make sure I heard that right. You said you ran a 20.85 200 meter sprint after running numerous events at USF, correct? Oh, USF I ran 20.9, but you're right. At conference I did also run 20 point. But I feel like the first 20 point was official. And the second one at conference just made it like seal the deal. So that might that might actually be the best one, twenty the twenty point eight. Well, I mean, I you know, I, I interviewed Isaac Joseph down at St. Thomas earlier, and I've done a lot of baseball, a lot, lot, lot of football, a lot, lot of other sports interviews. But when I hear the times that like guys like you and Isaac are running and have run, I'm just like can we just get these guys out on the football field and just have them run go routes? I mean, it, it y'all are, I mean, the times for me, like it, it's hard for me to even compute like how fast y'all are, man. And like the, the little details that you put in to your craft are, are what separates you. Can, can you just talk about some of like the little details that you've added to your game over your career that have made you the, as fast as you are? Um, first I would say that because well, not many people know, but I actually started off as a race walker because I, I was not good at all at sprinting. Like, I was horrible. People would say horrible. So I started off as a race walker, but then I met my coach, KC, and, like, he took the time out to show me how to drill. So my, my biggest and greatest thing that I do or focus on, I would say, is drilling because once you drill correctly, you're going to run the way that you drill. So I put a lot of emphasis on warming up and drilling, like technique, 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 like because everybody has talent. And some people don't have talent, but some of them do. And a lot of people can win races off of this talent. But once you get to a certain level, so a collegiate level, everybody's fast. It's the small things and the little details, such as drilling, or warming up and making sure that everything is firing the way that it should be. 
that can actually separate you from others. Absolutely. Hey, and that's all it is. It's the little details in your sport and just keep drilling and keep drilling and keep drilling the way, way, way that you said. You know, Lakeland isn't the only place, though, that you've had some great success. You won the silver medal in the long jump in the FISU American Games in Mexico. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that experience of going outside of the country and being able to compete there? Um, That was actually my first time leaving the country. And – me and Coach Dyson had a game plan that was going to go in, but it was going to run the one, the two, the four, and long jump, and just basically use that track meet as a exposure meet while also still getting working. And the 100, I made it to the finals, but I, I fell short of getting the medal. And then the following day, it was long jump. And me and me, Coach Dyson and Coach McKenzie, we had already stated that we didn't travel that far just to leave with nothing, just to say that I went to Mexico and ran. So we just went out there, got a mark, and then I, I just basically felt like a adrenaline rush because um the people there, like they actually treat track how America treats football. Like I felt famous and like I was just feeding off the energy. And somehow, somewhere, I just wound up jumping 725, and then I also wound up getting 30 in the 200 that exact same night. Wow. So it was it was a ball. I bet. And it sounds like that you do better when the lights are the brightest. You you obviously uh, shined it down there in Mexico. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all, you know, is if you do continue track after Southeastern, you know, is that something you're looking to get into and try to run at, at like a professional level? I pray. Like, I hope so because yeah. um, I feel like er almost every track athlete has a dream of wanting to go to either to the Olympics or the world championships or just to represent their country in general. And for me, that's what I want to do. And I feel like the path that I'm going down right now, I can very much accomplish it. Yeah. I just got to stick to the plan, make sure I stay away from injuries and just yes, stay sir. focused. I completely agree. And look, I mean, we, we all know now about your mindset and, and how, uh, how strong you are on the track, off the track and just continuing that. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, man. See you. I, I, I pray too. you know, they wouldn't make nothing make me, Nothing would make me happier to be able to see you here in a couple of years being in Paris and have, representing the red, white, and blue, man. That would – oh, man, I, that, that, that'd be something. I know that, that's something you, you're working towards and you're uh, pr praying. Oh, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping you in my prayers with that as well. Uh, let's take a look at last year. You know, y'all came very, very close to bringing home the red banner, the ultimate goal in NAIA. How have you and the rest of the team used that for motivation for this season? We vowed to never ever get that close again and not leave with the gold. Cause like that was too close. And also, I feel that um, I could have did better, even though I did do a lot of events. Mm -hmm. I could have strategized better and been more effective. And that's why I said this year we have the we over me because because Dawson would say that if me. It's going to do good, then we all do good. So this year, it's going to be we over me, but long as me does good, we going to bring everybody through. Um, we're never, there's, that's never going to happen again. We're either going to be, we're going to win it, 
or we won't be in the rankings at all. <laughs> hey, it's kind of like last year. Y'all got a little bit of taste of it. Y'all were almost there. Now y'all got to go get the whole dead gum shebang. Yeah, we come for indoor, outdoor, and whoever don't don't feel the same way and feel like they're going to take it away from us, then they just going to have to show us because I feel like we work too hard, especially with the resources that we have. Most wouldn't be able to do what we do, and we make everything work with what we got. But we're definitely coming hard, and we're definitely – we won't do that anymore. When I execute from, from the time the gun goes off until the final race, we will win title this year. Ooh, boy, you got me excited. Lord have mercy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun down here, down the stretch. Joseph, I really appreciate you coming on here, man. Uh, I got one last question for you. Your journey to Southeastern, the work you put in, it's been incredibly impressive. So what would it mean to you to do that? Do what you're saying you're going to do. Go and bring that red banner and hopefully a couple break and break a couple more records along the way. But bring that red banner back to Lakeland. What would it mean to you, man? It's kind of indescribable, I would say, because I feel like if that happens, it would almost be crossing something off of my, I guess you can call it a bucket list, but also like a life, like an all-time life list, because most people can't ever say that they won a national championship, and to do it as a team, knowing how long the program's been around, like, that'll be amazing. I feel like it'll be a forever memory yeah. that I'll have my teammates, and we do that. Only thing I got left to do is just make a USA team finish nursing school. And that's about it. Go down in the Hall of Fame or something else because <laughs> we're after, that would be the ultimate. <laughs> you, you're knocking off everything on your bucket list you want to do. You're going to have to make a part two of it, man. Yeah, because this is, I feel like it's going to happen. By the time we get to outdoor, I feel like we're already going to have a national championship from this indoor season. Yes, sir. Joseph, I really appreciate you, man. I'm, I can't wait to root for you the rest of the year. Hopefully, at the end of the May, you can come back on as a NAIA champion, man. Yes, sir. All right. I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Thank you.